good morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you are and whenever it is. Uh, it's great to have you join us today for another episode of Write, Read, and Write. And today's episode is going to be a little different today because today, whenever Adam talks, he's going to be talking on helium. Isn't that right, Adam? No. No, that's not what we planned at all. <laughs> oh, that was... That was even worse. <laughs> we planned. No, really? You're not? Really? No. Uh, uh, all right. Well, too bad. Uh, that's really sad. Uh, I do feel, you know, really unhappy now, but maybe, well, uh, maybe next time, whatever. Uh, but anyway, all right, Adam, uh, then can you at least distract me from, you know, this sadness that I'm now feeling uh, by telling me what you've been up to this week? Well, I very much doubt that my personal experiences will make you happy, Josiah. That's just not <laughs> how happiness works in my experience. Nope. But I will tell you about my experience this week. Um, I've been walking probably every single day, but Monday was special. I saw three puppies running around being puppies, very puppy-like. Their ears were so big and their heads were so small. Shauna, my partner, well, she cried because we couldn't take them home. And I quickly rushed her away before her heart broke into more pieces. And instead, what her heart did was contact my wife where her heart broke to pieces. <laughs> well, love is a disease, Josiah. Love is a disease. <laughs> and she wants to spread it. So she contacted my wife to tell all about the puppies. But, well, Adam, I think that's a great story that shows uh, your week. Um, but <laughs> I, I guess I would, I would say it's a good story. That's a good story. Not not a great story, but it's good. Probably even good enough. Whoa. You're saying my story is good, but not great? Do you think you could do better, Mr. Gray? I do think I could try. Okay. Well, let's see it. All right. Uh Right, right, right. Um, here we go. So uh, this was my weekend. Uh, all right. The texture was rough on the rock wall and it scraped against my fingernails. My hands trembled and my muscles ached. How much longer can I hold on? I wondered and braved a look overhead. The top of the wall seemed to tower miles above, above me and dips and lips of rock only stretched the distance. I steadied my breath, and as I did, sweat trickled down my back, chilling my skin. Just one more try, I told myself, and leapt, hands outstretched. My fingers snagged onto a sharp jut of stone, and I swung. My feet kicked out for a foothold, but found none. I fought to hold on, even as my fingernails betrayed me, and then I fell, crashing into the soft mat below all right that was my weekend what do you think adam uh, it was good but uh, you know it, it, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't great <laughs> it wasn't great okay now i'm offended uh do you want to tell me why well actually i'm gonna tell you why i think it's great how about that so see adam what i did well what you did let's start with what you did what you did was that you told me everything that happened in your story you told me and it just kind of felt a little bit clinical like you were almost reading a report 
Um, but what I wanted was I wanted to feel the story. And that's what I tried to do in my story of climbing on the rock wall last weekend. So I added lots of emotion and tension in there. And of course, yeah, in real life, uh, no one tells stories like that. It would feel very forced. Uh, but when a story is written, all of those extra details and experience, they really draw me in. Do you agree? I, I do. And I think uh, that's it. You know what? I think. The problem and the solution. I don't need to be fed every detail. I have a gray, wrinkled blob in my skull processing million bits of information. It is processing the pressure that I'm putting on the skin of my behind as I sit and talk about it. It thinks. I think. I can figure things out, and I love figuring things out. Telling me instead of showing me is like getting constant spoilers for the movie that you are actively watching. Let my brain do what it loves. So I totally agree. Like, show me, don't tell me, because I can figure it out. And in this way, I think students have an audience in mind if they want to show, not tell. Imagine you are writing for me and you don't want to give me too much information or I'll be bored. I want to translate what you're pitting out into something I can relate to. If you tell me everything, maybe I won't be able to relate to it. Show me and I'll add my own context. If you tell me too much, you might miss that mark. And I'm telling you exactly what I want to read. And that is stories that don't tell me. Show me. Give me a moonlit sky without telling me the moon was high and in the sky. Show me by having your main character stare and wonder about their long lost love. But don't tell me they're thinking about their love. Let them sigh and feel heartache. I get those feelings and I get how they connect to staring at the moon. I don't need to be told. Show me that they are crying without talking about their tears. You know, you could have them dab their eyes with the bottom of their shirt. Isn't that what people do who are crying without a napkin or anything? Show me the situation and outline, but don't tell me by shining a bright light on everything. I've actually, you know, I've been thinking about it because I dabble in the TikToks. And a lot of TikToks end like two seconds early because we know what the end result is or we can assume. So these people are starting to show instead of tell. They're starting to build up enough in their TikTok videos to, to be able to give us a good feeling without having to be explicit in their message. And if you want to engage a reader in your writing, dear students, if you want to engage their brain, then leave out the obvious and elude, and that's a big word, elude to what can be understood and felt without being too direct. Exactly. I totally support that and to add to that if you're going to allude to something and going to help readers lead you know, be led to that conclusion you have to know your audience and so we're going to talk about that a little bit but uh this hugely old debate uh in the writing world um on this topic you know exists people fight back and forth whether you should show or tell and, you know, by and large, most people do agree that showing is better. You can already see that Adam and I do think showing is a much better way to write. But that doesn't mean you should always show and not tell. Because think about the story that I told you about my experience rock climbing. That'd be fine to read in a novel. But as I said before, in real life, it just sounds really weird and unnatural. You probably listened to me and thought, is this a podcast or an audiobook? Like, this doesn't fit. So if you were to sit down with your friends and tell them about your, a game you've played and all those vivid 
concrete details, that would probably you know, feel really awkward, really unnatural. And that all comes down to audience. Um, it's not the correct writing style for that audience to sit down and tell all your friends exactly what happened in all the vivid details. You want to just tell. You don't want to show. So there are cases where showing uh, is better, obviously. Um, Adam and I prefer that, especially if you're writing a story. But think about your essays in school. Normally for those, you do a lot of telling, which is fine because they're nonfiction. Uh, when I'm looking for information on how to go to Begon, uh, I don't want to find a bunch of descriptive prose about the experience. I just want you to tell me the facts. However, if I was reading a travel log uh, about Bagan's many temples, I would expect to see all those more beautiful descriptions and you'd, I'd want you to show me and not just tell me. Or you can also uh, think about a, a younger audience for a kid's book. Um, think about those that you read when you were younger. A lot of those rely mostly on telling instead of showing. And that's because kids don't read at a super high level. They need things to be simple, which is all that telling writing style. It's very basic. It's very straightforward. However, as you become a young adult or an, you know, an older adult and you start reading those books, they're going to have to be more descriptive and show more because otherwise this audience will feel like you're talking down to them and treating them like a kid. So do remember, always decide who is my audience and how can I communicate to my audience in the best way. And I like that. And you know what? I'd also like to add, it's, it's also about you, the writer. It's about your understanding of the situation you are writing about. If you've never been in a car accident, you may feel the need to express the shock, the sound of crunchy metal, the leaking liquids, and the sirens of the police. You're telling me about the scene. But if you have been in a car accident, you might focus more on the replay of the swerving light in front of you or the desperate search for insurance information. These small details that only people who've actually experienced it can show. You can't show what you don't know. You have to, to tell us. So know your context and know what you know. When you do, you can show it because you know it. Also, know what you might have to tell. Like, know what you don't know. And that's very difficult because... If you've never experienced something, you have to guess what you don't know. And when you don't do enough and you feel like you have to guess, do research until you do have a better understanding. And then you're more able to show. And if that isn't complicated enough, think on it. Figure it out. Let your brain have some fun and with the ideas presented and put the puzzle pieces together. But that sounds a lot like work. And since we're talking about work, um, Josiah, what's your homework for the week? Right. I guess it's that time where we talk about the fun ideas of homework. But what I want you to do to just practice this is take an event that's happened to you recently. And I want it to be quite recent uh, because if it was like last week or last month, you're not going to remember all the details. So, for instance, my rock climbing example, when I was thinking about that, I jotted down notes the day after I went climbing. So find that really recent example. And then I want you just write it out really simply in that straightforward telling style like it's a little kid audience okay just keep it really simple tell them exactly what happened then take another piece of paper um, and write the exact same event but try to show what's happening through the actions the dialogue 
the emotions of the character or you in that scene, okay? And that's going to be harder. That will take longer because it's not as easy to do. But then after you've done that, you know, put them side by side, your first writing and your second, and just compare the two. Honestly, it's my experience, and you'll probably find this as well, that to come up with the best version of your story, you probably want to combine both parts of the story. Maybe you want to take bits and pieces from each one to come up with the most unique, most interesting example. But do you remember, once again, who are you writing this for? Are you writing this for uh, a kid? In which case, keep more telling. Are you writing this for your teacher? Maybe they want it to have it in a special way. So decide how you'd edit this piece to best fit that audience. And for my homework, I want you to get a little bit weird. And usually I'm weird with food, but in this one, just this you, you're going to be the weird one. When it's already dark out, I want you to turn off all the lights, turn off the music, the TV, and just lay in bed in the darkness. Look into the darkest part of your room or stare at the ceiling and don't focus your eyes too much. I want you to listen. Listen to your apartment or your house, wherever you live, and listen to the people in the street outside. Figure out what they're doing just by listening. You probably already know because you've looked out your window before, but think about it. What could they be doing just from the sounds you hear? Do you need to see them to guess? I, probably not. Uh, what, did you, what did they do? You know, or what sound did they make to help you know what was going on? You know, how could you infer, throwback to another episode, how could you infer what was going on based on just what you heard? How do you know without seeing? And I want you to take this concept and think about how you can translate limited sensory experiences into knowing what's going on. It's not just the sound. It is the context. Maybe instead of saying, my sister was typing her report at the last minute, you might find out a way to say something like, the flow of the keys clicked out a steady rhythm, but typed out trash. However, you want to burn your sister. <laughs> That's a fun idea. I really like that. And what I really like most about that is how it's that's very meditative, just sitting in your room, just kind of ruminating, ooh, big word, ruminating on, you know, all those experiences that are happening around you in that moment. And, you know, as a skill, I think writing is just a very meditative, very reflective process. So I do think those just go really well together. So thanks so much, Adam. Yeah, no problem. And I always recommend uh, taking away a sense and thinking that sort of process itself it lends itself to opening doors for different contexts and better understanding. And for all those students out there, I just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Write, Read, and Write. And that's all for today. We will see you next time.